everybody. It's the Title IX Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by Elisa Woods. And for this episode, episode nine, we have our first guest of the podcast. We're joined by Brooke Johnson, who was the winner of Cyclone Fanatic's Pigskin Pork Pick Tailgate. I practiced that a lot. The people's <laughs> choice. And let me tell you, I was one of the people that chose. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, she happens to also be a big Cyclone fan in addition to having a kick-ass tailgate. So we'll talk tailgating to get us back in the football state of mind uh, as we approach the bowl game in less than two weeks. And then she's going to sit in and talk sports with us or our version of Girl Talk, I guess. <laughs> Over Elisa's objections, I want to talk a little bit about the Cyhawk disappointment. Sorry, Elisa. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh, you've erased it from your memory. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then I'll yep. just do that little segment by myself. Just men in black style. Okay. <laughs> <Bing>! <laughs> she, you can't see her, but she held up an imaginary. They heard the noise. Okay, fair enough. Um, we'll talk about the bowl game. And then, Elisa, I have a baseball story that I want to talk about, but I can assure Aww. you it's way more exciting than the corked balls. Okay? okay. All right, I promise you. Okay, tell us all about the balls. I don't... <laughs> The corked balls. <laughs> when well, do I get to tell my story? Just give me one second. Okay. Okay. Because I have a goal for tonight's episode. Oh, This shoot. is the post Cyhawk, pre-Christmas, pre-bowl game episode. So I want to leave people feeling holly and jolly and happy instead of stressed out and mad. So that is our okay. goal. Awesome. Make it happen. That's amazing. You know what? My therapist is working with me to... Uh, lower my anxiety by treating myself so treat this yourself is, this is just a little bit of uh self-care today maybe i like it all right let's hear the story okay elisa specifically asked me if she could tell her story first yes so. i did ask this so <laughs> this morning i wake up and i'm driving my child to daycare and the car just i feel like it's kind of trying to air to the right a little bit and i was like great something's wrong with the steering i have monday off i'll go get it fixed on monday so I get to work. I drop her off. I get to work. I, I work for half the day. I'm going to go to lunch at Poke Place. Delish. Um, treat yourself. Treat yeah. yourself. <laughs> um, with my friend, my coworker, and we come outside and she goes, um, I think your tire's a little flat. So I come around the corner and I look at the tire and it's flat as a pancake. So I was like, all right, well, guess we're just going to have to buy a new car and leave this one here. (laughs) I mean, that's everybody's first thought, right? Yep. Yep. And I had a great parking spot too. So I guess that's just going to, that car is going to live there for the rest of eternity and no one will be able to park in that great parking spot. Anyways. So we go to lunch, um, talk about our options. First option, she can go get her air compressor and we can fill it with air. Second option, we have to get this tire off and put my donut on. Donuts sound good. Um, so, <laughs> Always. I know. I drove past a Krispy Kreme on the way here and somebody was in the in the drive-thru and I was like, hmm, 7.30 p.m. Krispy Kreme? Good I could for do that, that. Yeah, I could do that. Anyway, so we eat. I get back. I ask every person in the office, because listen, I'm not getting my pregnant belly down on the ground to do this. I'm just not. I'm using that as a total excuse. So finally find somebody who will change it for me, my dear friend, Adam. So he comes out, jacks the car up, switches, puts the donut on, brings the car back down. Mm, The spare is flat. Uh, Ah, no. 
I've had this you car You deserve for, the Krispy Kreme. I know. I do. I deserve a warm Krispy Kreme. So <laughs> it's flat. So my boss is coming as as this is happening and he comes and he's like, oh, I have this little air thing that hooks up to your car, air hawk or something. Sometimes it works. So he hooks it up. Thank God it works. Like 10 minutes later, that little donut's all full, drive straight to the, to my shop. I have, I have a guy, I got a guy that I like, and I'm not going to share his name. <laughs> I was just going to ask you that. No, you can't say you have a guy if no, you want to share it. No, here's the thing is that if I share it, then I won't be able to get in whenever I want. I can literally call and be like, hey, can I come in in like 10 minutes? And they're like, yeah, come on this in. This is very selfish of yeah, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you met me? <laughs> um, so bring it to my guy, $35 later. So um, <laughs> there was a nail. In, oh, I've had that happen yeah, before. So they just had to patch it, whatever. It sucks. But I was expecting like 50 bucks. So 35 wasn't bad. So we get there and he's like, <clears throat> excuse me. He's like, it's going to be 20 minutes. Here's the thing. 25 minutes after I had dropped it off, we were having a cookie exchange at work. Oh, no. And I'll be damned if I'm going to miss a cookie exchange. <laughs> So I had somebody pick me up and drive me all the way back. This place is in West Des Moines. Drove me all the way back so I could participate in the cookie exchange. And then I made my husband come home early from work <laughs> to pick me up, my daughter up, then drop me off to get my car. This says everything about you. This story is the most elusive thing you've ever shared on this podcast. Really? Like three people had to go out of their way just so I could be at this cookie exchange. Was it worth it? Totally worth okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah. That's what really matters here. So what did you bring for your exchange? Cookie? I brought um, a chocolate cookie with Andy's mint chips. Yes. It was a state fair blue ribbon winner. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Midwest living chocolate based cookie contest. Very specific at the Iowa State Fair. Good for you. So anyways. Well, I'm glad you came out of that with a bowl, a belly full of cookies. Yes. So. A you jolly know, story. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> That's right. I should check and make sure that they put my donut back in the trunk. I just trust it. The, I mean, it's my guy. It's your guy. You could call him tomorrow. In. Yeah. Yeah. He'd say, come on over Anyways, that's my story, and I have a paper cut underneath my fingernail, so it's been welcome. a day. Yeah. Welcome to Elisa. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Yes. And you seem like you're in a better mood now. Thank so. you. Yeah. yeah. I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> this is your therapy session. <laughs> All right, Brooke, we want to talk about you now. Oh, boy. So do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a Cyclone fan first, and then we can kind of roll from there? Oh, that's... Yeah, of course. So I come from a long family of cyclones. My dad is a veterinarian, went to Iowa State for vet school. Um, My uncle, my sisters, everyone, our husbands, we all kind of are one big happy cyclone family. And Those are the best kind. (laughs) Grew up. um, My first game I remember was 90, it was the Nebraska game in 94. 92 where we beat 92 sorry I should know that off the top of my head um where we beat Nebraska totally unexpectedly we were not very good and so um I just remember rolling down the field or rolling down the hills at Jack Jack Trice and kind of fell in love with it ever since then and I remember um being at the big eight tournament with my dad and it was we beat Kansas which is just like the story of our uh, big eight, big 12 tournaments. And I was a little girl jumping up and down screaming when, as we are, um, 
shooting free throws at the end and I almost fainted. I was, and I was little too. <laughs> I, I love I, it. I, I was, I've been like passionate and diehard since I can remember. Literally since you can remember. Yeah. 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 And you, did you grow up in Ames? Cause I know you went to Ames High yeah. for a little bit. Yep. I grew uh, born in small town, Iowa, Lamar's Iowa, but then, um, Went to Ames in like middle school and then, okay. yeah, I pretty much grew up there. Yeah, because I remember, so we followed each other and then you were kind of talking about this pork producer thing and I like clicked on your picture and I was like, wait, she looks so familiar. Maybe like a year, did we say? Yeah, a year I mean, or two I think older. a year older, yeah. Yeah, so. A small world. I know. Lots of Ames connections. I know. How long has your family had the tailgate? Oh my gosh. Um, the tailgate and its current setup has been around since at least my freshman year of college. Okay. So, you know, 16 years. And it's a big one. It's a big one. Is I it, mean, it didn't always start out that big. Well, of course. It, just, it keeps growing and growing. And it's kind of cool how we do it is um, we every kind of group of friends that brings other friends in, we do hosted tailgates each week. So you're oh. only responsible for feeding 70 people and drinking 70 people one time a season. Not like I was going to ask that. That makes sense. Because otherwise you have 45 people bringing Hy-Vee cookies and mm -hmm. dropping them on a table and it's very unorganized and the type A in me, it's very <laughs> stressful. So we have um, a couple parking passes and then the person that's hosting is responsible for like getting up at four three in the morning when we have 11 a.m. kicks and getting out to the lot. So I like that. Yeah. I know. So you only have to do that one time a season. You say you're type A. Do you know what your Enneagram number is? Oh, I don't know. I don't know mine head. either. I think that's all BS. What is anyway, that? it's just a number that's supposed to describe you. And let me tell you something about things that are supposed to describe you on a tangent. I am not an Aquarius. I'm the one after Aquarius, whatever that one is. <laughs> No. no, I think that somebody screwed up with like when I was born or something because I'm right on the edge, but I'm the one after, I think. You mean just based on your personality? Yeah. Okay. Well, based on all the memes that I've seen, I'm the, the one after Aquarius. What, what was the number that you said? Enneagram. Oh, I need to I need to do this. Oh I my gosh. Stuff. Are you not on Instagram? No, I am. Thanks for following me. <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> Anyways. So, sorry, Elisa, I didn't mean to cut you off. When you Tailgating. guys host, um, do you guys, is there a specific food or drink that everyone brings every time? Like, is there something that's there every time? Well, we are big into themes. So if it's Halloween, we're doing some Halloween stuff. I love and, this. I love yeah, a theme. And like, we had a lot of fun with like the horns down stuff this yes. year against Texas. And that just happened to be our, our tailgate that the um, Fanatic crew and pork producers were at. So we had the horns down IPA. And love it. No, we, we love a good theme. One year we did a Hawaiian theme and my brother-in-law actually roasted an entire hog. Oh my gosh. And brought it out and like displayed it like what everyone was wearing lays. <sighs> this is next level. I know. Oh, it was, it's so fun. Wait, did you say that you can find your tailgate by the palm trees? Yep, we have a palm. We always have a palm that. tree lit up. I love that. Yep, so your brother-in-law is the one that made the mm. actual delicious pork. Yeah, he's a chef. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I showed up at this tent and I was like, I mean, I'm going to vote for Brooke anyway. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, <laughs> Hometown bias. Right. Yeah. And we go through and I was like, 
I would have voted for them anyways because they literally, I mean, this pork like melted in your mouth when you ate it and it was so moist. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it was moist. I hate you. I hate you. My sister, if she listens to this, is her, and it's actually my brother-in-law's wife and she might get sick too she's she's also pregnant <laughs> oh probably not enjoying that work oh sorry so you said you would post the recipe for that yeah for us? so he did a really cool uh take on like a pastrami except we called it pork strami i love that and it was served on like a warm hawaiian roll with spicy mustard and homemade pickles and actually um it's i think he did a couple days of a brine and then a smoking and then the grilling and then the I mean, it's a pretty intense process, but actually grillers and people that like to smoke meat out there would probably appreciate it. It'd be a way to impress the in-laws at the family holiday party this year. So I was impressed for sure. It was delicious. So how did you guys get connected with it? Did you just, I mean, I saw Chris posting about the contest and stuff on Instagram. Did you just apply or? Yeah. So I forget on Twitter one time Chris and I were corresponding I think after the first game and I always had an open invitation for him to come and stop by the tailgate but they're always working it's it's kind of a long hard day for everybody so um, he goes you should definitely apply for this and the pork producers actually chose us so it was a a big honor on um, you know on that front and that team could not be nicer if they tried and Joyce is a doll from the pork producers. If anyone, if anyone, if you guys are going to do it next year, I hope you do. But if they do it next year and you get chosen, Joyce is just such a pleasure to work with. And they treat you like tailgate goddesses. (laughs) (laughs) We we did. We felt the love from um, the Fanatic crew and um, pork producers. Oh, that's so cool. Well, when Elisa and I were talking about having you on, she referred to you as the Cyclone Fanatic OG. Mm -hmm. Ah. It's one of those people that everybody knows is a diehard Cyclone fan. So we're glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Chris said that, I think he, I don't know if he used the phrase OG because he's not as cool as me, but um, he said like that you had been a Cyclone fanatic from the start. Mm -hmm. So how, how did that come to be? Did you see it on social media and you're like, yeah, I'm all about this. Girl, this is way before like I mean <laughs> Facebook was around but it was not like it is today yeah so this was not necessarily a social media thing but um I'll try to make the story short but I had moved my husband and I had moved out to Las Vegas we um were just starting our careers and moving away from central Iowa for or the Midwest for the first time ever and Cyclone sports had been a huge part of our lives my husband and I like that was our date like we would go on dates to you know, the football games and tailgate mm-hmm. and all this stuff when we were in college. Well, he, we were just boyfriend. He was my boyfriend at the time. But, um, and so Cyclone Fanatic had, I think, kind of just started and it was mainly like forums at the time. So being out in Las Vegas, I would sit at my lap, not my laptop, my desktop, like old school Dell computer, like still slow as molasses <laughs> and just wait for it to load and see what other Cyclone fans were commenting and saying. And it was such a nice way to feel connection to other passionate fans. And you'd hear like the gossip and the um, the news. And it was so fun to grow with the fan base, the fan base yeah. and um 
the the website kept doing great things and being innovative and starting um, podcasts and videos as the years went on. And then I vividly remember during conference realignment, it was very scary times for all of us. And I'm sure you guys probably remember kind of where you were at. I have very vivid memories of driving to Carol during the floods. Do you remember that? Oh, in two, yes. Yeah, in 2008, was that? 10, and, 20. Yeah, yeah. either in yes. that era and when it was happening and I was working, this must've been 2008 because yeah. I was working for the university um, athletics office at the time. And I remember sweating in my car thinking, yes. what's this place going to look like in a few days? It's, oh my gosh. It was really scary times. And I remember my, it was like the day my nephew was born and I'm sitting back in the day when we had blackberries, like trying to refresh the Cyclone Fanatic page because, you know, Chris had a good pulse and he had good connections with it and really just sweating bullets mm -hmm. waiting for our fate, really. And then ever since then, it's just been really neat to see Cyclone Fanatic grow, Iowa State Athletics, everything has just been on the up and up. Yeah. And it's been a really fun thing to be a part of. I love that. That that just like feels so special. Like that just connects Cyclone Fanatic to kind of the upward trajectory of the athletics and the football team yep. and the basketball team and the Cyclone and family. I, oh yeah. And I also felt warm and fuzzies. We I did know. it. <laughs> jolly. Holly jolly. So we, and I also could feel it with other people that lived out of state. Yeah. Like, you're kind of grasping for connections back to your roots. And it was so cool to have that. And I, even today, I think I'm sure there's listeners and viewers and readers from all over the world. And it's, it's awesome that they provide that and a free service to the people. Like that's unreal. Yeah. I love that. And so probably like eight or nine years ago when I was working at WHO, um, there was this, the, um, sound off every Sunday night. And so I was running social media during that time. And that was kind of my shift. And so I started like a live chat with all the people who were like watching sound off. And I, I started to live stream sound off and everything. And I built like a community, kind of what you're talking about of people who were living out of town, but they're like, I want like Iowa and Iowa State news. I want to know what's going on in the Des Moines area. And so we would all just kind of get together on Sundays and like talk about it in this live chat. And they would watch sound off on the the um, live stream, mm -hmm. whatever we had, had set up. And it was just like, I get that. Like I get that community yep. and kind of just like bringing people together. And I remember them saying like, I'm so glad that you did this because there's no other way for me to watch sound off, you know, and there's yep. not very many people out where I live who are talking about Iowa and Iowa state. And so it's one of those positive points of the internet. Cause there's sometimes yeah. we lose sight of those. I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you, go you're going to Orlando, right? I am going to Orlando. Yeah. Are you guys? Unfortunately, no. Jared's going. Jared, yay. Yeah, yay, Jared. <laughs> he, so, we asked him to pick up our tabs, but he said no. So Merry I, Christmas to us. Do it. Yeah, I actually was really, um, I wanted one of these seasons to go with the charter, the fanatic yeah. charter, but it's our year in Kentucky with my in-laws. Oh. So we actually got really lucky because we're not flying from Des Moines. Oh, we're you're flying right. out of Louisville. So our flights for were you. like 120 bucks oh. one way on a, like a Legion. And then it just, 
Yeah, we lucked out. Oh I felt gosh. bad. Everyone's like, $1,000 flights. I'm like, or actually, <laughs> I have a friend actually who he actually used to play for Iowa State, but he he just knew that that's where we were going to go. And so he had the flight in his cart. And as soon as they said, like, we're pretty sure that's where we're going, he bought the tickets and he bought them at like, I want to say 450 or yeah. something like that. I did the same. I had them up and they were 400 something. And then as I was like, Ben, look, it switched over. Yep. Oh my, my gosh. Heart. I mean, so another yeah. kind of, so I was in the hospitality industry for years. And another trick I do is I just go and reserve all my hotel rooms for my entire family in every possible city. That's smart. I have like my favorites. <laughs> I just have a list of my favorite hotels in every city and I just book them, but they're all cancelable. Yeah. And That's then smart. And, and you just kind of look at where, you know, people have stayed in the past or I look at other big 12 teams, like where do the teams stay? So I do a little bit of investigative look at work, you. but it usually pays off. Like last year we were able to stay on the river walk for really inexpensive because awesome. we did it way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Smart. Well, smart. I feel like this would be a really good time to segue to the bowl game discussion, but I want to save that to the end. So um, instead, we're going to do a really clunky transition, if that's okay with you. Can we talk about Cyhawk really quick before we take a break? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I mean, you can. Okay. Well, I don't have anything I'll, to say. I'll try to Thank you. Participate. Thank you. I'm leaving. We'll just tag you out. I feel like we should talk women first because I was the less lesser less painful. You know what I'm trying to say of the Uh two losses. It was a 69, 75 loss to the Hawkeyes. And that's four years now where the Cyclone women have lost to Lisa Bluter. But let me just say this. I really like Lisa Bluter. I think she's a classy lady. I've followed her for a long time and I would rather lose to her a hundred times than to lose to Kim Mulkey once. So that is my silver lining of the women's loss. Elisa, are you okay with that? No. Okay. Um, Did you see what happened on Sunday? Nope. This was a good thing. Get that look (laughs) off your face. So Iowa State uh, bounced back, had a win against Wright State. um, And Ashley Jones had 41 points, which was one point shy of the school record and the most points scored since 2003. Who has a school record? Uh, Just hold on. It was set in 1984. So no one that I recall off the top of my head. Hmm. but she now leads the Big 12 in scoring, and she's, I think, second in the nation in scoring, and was named Big 12 Player of the Week and ESPNW's Player of the Week. So shout out to her. That's Amazing. a nice little highlight of what was a disappointing week. Next up, cover of Sports Illustrated. That's right. Speaking of color of sports, cover of Sports Illustrated, did you see who they named as the sports person of the year? Our girl. Megan Rapino. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. The women's national team was also the... I think Time Time Magazine athlete, or team yeah. or athlete of the year. Either way, either way. Yeah, I love those guys. I love it. Just raking in the accolades. Yes. Yeah. Did you best. go? Did you go see her when she was no, at Drake? No, but I actually on Twitter when you had attended, I was like, oh, I would love to see and hear her. And I listened to your podcast that kind of recapped and kind of had some of her highlights and just. I'm in awe of how she's using her platform just to same spread good and kindness, kindness yes. in the world That's because right. we desperately need it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the men's game go, I've thought about this. I think I can summarize it in one sentence, and that is, I don't know what the hell happened, and I don't know what we were doing, and I, that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was rough. I, um, I had it on in about every room in my house because I was 
with kids and packing and all this stuff. And I had it, you know, the volume cranked at first. And as the game, well, it, it didn't take long as oh, it progressed. No. I, we had scored four points, I think with 12 minutes left in the half. And at that point, I'm like, I am not going to bum myself out right now. Right. The volume went down. I just occasionally glanced up and I think we came within seven in the second half. Let me tell you this. I was at dance class with my daughter and she was there to do a fitting. And so I was, I couldn't see the TV for 15, 20 minutes. And I came out and I was like, I was, my jaw dropped and I was getting texts from Elisa like, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. So I didn't see a lot of it as it was happening. Yeah. I saw the second half of the second half probably. I think didn't I, miss much. No, no. I think I saw even Jared say like it was it was just the first couple minutes where we just went down so big and we just could not get back. We we came close, and if we had not dug ourselves in that hole, coming close would have been be, an even game. Yeah, yeah. it would have been an even game, or it would have been we're ahead by ten. You know, we we came within a couple points, and the and we could have been at that point ahead by ten or twelve had we not dug that massive hole. I turned it off with like five minutes left and did the dishes. Oh, you oh, were yeah. desperate. I hate. The I only dishes. do. I only clean when it's a close game, <laughs> and I'm doing it out of stress. Yeah, that's what I do. Too. I had zero stress at this game because it was. What did you guys think of the banter between J Bo and George? Because I loved it. I thought it was great. Absolutely. Elisa? I think I mean she is quiet. I know. It's not a good sign. No, this game just annoyed me. Everything about it annoyed me, so I don't have anything good to say. Okay. Well, they, I think um, as of last night, he's raised $20,000 for the raffle for his shoes. So say what you want. At least there's something good coming out of it. So, yeah. 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 There's that. I think they play two more non-con games before they open against TCU um, beginning of January. So yeah. hopefully they get a few things straightened out. Like, I don't know, I just, shooting. Yeah, <laughs> shooting. And I want the the energy that we saw down in the Bahamas. Yeah, or even that Seton Hall game at home. Yeah. Right? Yes, the Seton Hall game. If that, if we play with that type of intensity every game, it will be fun to watch. It sure help. It, it can't hurt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, Elisa, I'm sorry. I no, just had it's to get okay. That Let's just talk about, I mean, Deontay Burton, who's playing down at Wells Fargo Arena right now against the Wolves. Have you talked to him? No, but he is killing it. I mean, he's killing it in the G League, killing it Oklahoma City. Like, I think he's doing awesome, and I'm really excited for, honestly, all of the Cyclones who are in the NBA right now. That's who I'm focusing on. I like it. And Nader was doing some good things the other day. Did yep. you see that? He's been doing yeah, some good he, things. And not just on the court, just I saw off that the court. He's yep. giving away shoes to fans. Actually, one of my friends he connected with, and so that, what a, just a great story. I like it. Yeah. It's a nice way to end that. See, it all, it's, yeah. it's fine. You yeah, just relax over there. we won't talk about just the thorough um, painstaking down of the Iowa-Iowa with- State rivalry yeah. the last four years and I all sorts. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about it, so thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, I can't really get it off my mind that we've mm. just been dominated Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, recompose ourselves, and then we'll talk about the corked balls that we're not really going to talk about, okay? Okay, (laughs) Okay. sounds good. (laughs) All right, we're back, and sorry, Lisa, but we're going to talk baseball really quick. It's not necessarily baseball season, but there's some big news in the last couple of weeks. I love baseball. 
actually, or do you just hate it when I talk about it? No, I just, I just, uh, like to, <laughs> to poke me. Yeah. Okay. I like to poke the bear. Well, Garrett Cole signed a nine year, $324 million contract with the Yankees. He's a uh, pitch for the Astros last season. It's the fourth largest contract in MLB history and the biggest contract for a pitcher. So I have a couple thoughts about this. You're a pitcher. You don't play every day. You're not in the day-to-day grind, and you're earning $324 million over the scope of nine years. That's insanity. And on a larger level, I have always struggled with this concept since A-Rod signed the deal in 2000 with the Rangers, which at the time was the biggest, because I just don't think any human being is worth that much money to play sports. Right. I, I get it. Like the, Clearly, the market supports it, so otherwise they're not going to pay it, but it's just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Um, CBS Sports uh, tweeted a breakdown of that money per pitch and per start. Uh, actually, okay, so it's 1.9 million per start, 169,000 per inning pitched, 110,000 per strikeout, and uh, $9,200 per pitch thrown. That's based on last year's stats. That's just hard for me to even start to think about. You know how much people would pay me to throw a pitch? They no, they no would one, charge you. Yeah, no they one would, would pay you. They would charge me. But the other forty-five dollars. The other crazy part about this is Scott Boris was his agent, and Boris also represents uh, Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg, who also signed ridiculous deals. So he, over the course of the last couple of weeks, he's dealt with deals in excess of eight hundred million dollars. This podcast is looking for an agent right now. So, <laughs> so Scotty, call us. Yeah. <laughs> Slide into our DMs. Those deals just always stress me out because it inevitably takes money away from all the other positions and just puts a weird tone, sets a weird tone for that individual on. How could you ever live up to that kind of money? It's or stop charging $14 for a hot dog. So let's make it so the market doesn't support these ridiculous deals. I, I remember know. when like Matthew Stafford got his big contract and honestly, like, I don't want to say where, where is he now, but really? is he, is he worth it? We're, no one is ever worth no. it. Our family supports the lions, unfortunately. <laughs> and you said been, that in the most PC way. <laughs> and it's been horribly depressing because you have this quarterback and he's good, but you can't surround him with this great supporting yeah. cast. And yeah. we all know how that goes. So. And that's honestly what Dak Prescott is dealing with right now because he wants this like massive contract because, and maybe he is worth it, you know, but it's like, I feel like they almost think they made a mistake and they're like, we shouldn't have thrown the ball that far out. We I see what you did there. We need to reel it back in a little bit. Speaking of throwing the ball, do you want to talk about your boy, Drew Brees, last night? Oh, Drew Brees broke the touchdown, career touchdown record. And honestly, he is still neck and neck with Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's maybe two down from him right now. And Tom Brady tweeted something I saw that. like mm-hmm. very nice about it. And he said, you know, it's it's an honor said something about like, it's going to be tough to beat that, but it's, it's fun trying or something like that. And it was really cool. But yeah, the, he, so the first touchdown that he threw that we thought was it got called back for pass interference. And it was the swear word, swear word, swear word, like, like the softest pass interference of a long time and I honestly they're afraid of New Orleans making the wrong call against New Orleans again they should be (laughs) um and I honestly thought that Sean Payton was going to challenge it but 
I, they were beating them by so much. And honestly, they were just picking them apart. He was just like, yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. So he's like, listen, we'll just go into the half. And then in the second half, because also like, you don't want that delayed celebration. You want the celebration to be like genuine and And immediate. Yeah. Yeah. And immediate. And I think the first pass was to Michael Thomas. No, it wasn't. I don't remember who that first pass that got called back for pass interference was too. But then the second pass was the one that counted, the one that counted was to one of the Hills. And then the other one went to the other Hill. And honestly, like Taysom Hill, that was the, second after the first after the the record setting touchdown but Taysom Hill is probably one of my might be my very favorite saint right now and he reminds me so much of Joel Lanning just in the fact that they put him in there to get the one you know one yard the inches just to get that first down ram through when you see number seven in there you know like he's just going head first through this thing and the he's best a type big of player dude. yeah best type of player and he just like he gets in there and he throws blocks and I mean, just like makes plays and he's really embraced his kind of like backup quarterback utility player position. So I almost wish it was him that they, (laughs) that he threw it to, but I know it's going to be special, like no matter who it is and everyone's excited for him, but gosh, thank you for bringing up the saints because they just absolutely you're glowing right I now know. Lisa. <laughs> it was Drew, a good Drew is a guy anyone can get behind I he's so a true. good guy he he deserves all the success he's getting he genuinely is and i wish that i had the stats right now of michael thomas but at one point i think he was had 12 receptions on and on 12 targets like he could not drop the ball if he tried if he tried to catch it with his elbows <laughs> he would still catch it like little and, t-rex arms <laughs> right Drew Brees was like 20 for 21 or something at the half just carving them up playing one of the greatest games and I hope that they stay up there and we do not have a repeat of the first Atlanta game <sighs> So let's just forget about that game, move forward, play every game like we're playing the Colts, and uh, who dat Saints win the Super Bowl. Wow. You, Bold prediction. <laughs> She's this calling is, the shot. This yeah. is now a Saints podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that turned quickly. I have one miscellaneous story before we, it's really short before we talk about the bowl game. It involves women, uh, actually girls playing football. There's a story in SB Nation. The whole article it was more of an opinion piece about why the media stop needs to stop saying this is the first or the only girl playing high school football. And they listed 50, I think, or 51 girls playing football in the U.S. in high school right now. I thought it was really cute and well done, but um, I think the, I'm guessing to give the media, you know, some some backup is they're probably saying this is the first girl to play because in that town it's the first girl to play. So it was sure. a little aggressive, but I appreciated the sentiment. But um, check it out if you can because it goes through a little bio of each of the 50 girls they highlighted. So it was so pretty cute. I have a question. Um, what is the primary position these girls are playing? Is it was all everywhere. everywhere. It's you not think? just kicker. It's, it's not just, I mean, I think that's, if you were to go through nationwide, I'm guessing that's the vast majority of them. But this one was not primarily, it was more widespread than I anticipated, which I guess Good. was kind of the point of the article. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I think it's, I still think it's probably rare in the grand scheme of things, but it's less rare than it used to be. And that was the whole point of let's just make this less of a stigma or make them less of an anomaly. Yeah. I was watching a game the other day and I say the other day, sometimes when I mean like two years ago, (laughs) so it could have been two years ago, but they were talking about the first African-American who ever played for that specific team. And I was just thinking about, Think about the day when we'll be talking about like, oh, it's been, you know, 30 years since the first woman played on an NFL team or something like that. I just think like, I think that'll be cool. And I think that like women can do it. I don't think that there's this massive difference between like the, the dudes who are playing out there now and some of the women who are just like jacked and awesome and like good you know what I mean like I think that somebody just needs to break through that and be the first second third and once once the like 12th or 13th get in there it'll be like duh it'll happen eventually I assume I I hope I know yeah I see I just think that there are ladies out there who I mean they're playing in just like local on local teams and stuff like that and just waiting playing rugby maybe for their university and I played rugby did I tell you about this oh gosh I played rugby in college for one game I went to like five practices I went to my first game I scored a try and then they informed me that at the after party I had to run around the field naked and I said well this is my last game bye yeah what? they wouldn't they wouldn't just let me not do it and so I was like all right like insecure college student like freshman not just insecure college student <laughs> like that's a very strange request on right. any team I right. think yeah. and I was like listen y'all I just scored a try in my very first uh rugby I'm the Rush. MVP, really. You're right. I mean, force me off here. Give me a trophy. Don't make me run around the field. <laughs> I was best player, so. I have one memory from my visit to my college visit to the University of Iowa, and it was me and my dad sitting in whatever hall we were in, and this girl comes out and crutches, and she clearly just busted her knee in a million places. And my dad, being my dad and talking to anyone who he ever meets, was like, "What happened to you?" And she's like, "Um." played rugby and my dad looked at me and he's like you will not be playing rugby <laughs> thanks dad yeah. like I don't think you have to yeah. worry about that one but that okay. wasn't that wasn't on my bucket list but no. got it it was fun I enjoy it like I just wanted to get out in there and play and play a sport like yeah. play a competitive sport and uh there was a girl on my floor who was carrying a rugby ball and I said that looks like a rugby ball and I was like how do I even know what a rugby ball is I've never seen a rugby game in my life um we're not in Europe but I was like, that looks like a rugby ball. I want to do that. And that's, and the rest is history. And the rest was five, five practices in one game and no naked Elisa. So that's a real shame. But one good story. One good story. Do you have any other rugby stories? Nope. Okay. You want to talk about the bowl game? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So our next episode will occur after the bowl game. So I'm hopeful that we'll be we'll have our first victory against Notre Dame. First victory ever, first matchup ever, which I think is crazy. But I did some research and Notre Dame. Of course you did. (laughs) I do no research, Brooke. If you wanted to know, I do absolutely no research. I I show up and usually before the podcast, I say, what are we talking about today? And I give her a dirty look and then we go. It's how it roll, how we roll. So Notre Dame is 122, 22 and three against first time opponents all time. 
So if we're looking straight at winning percentage, Iowa State, you know, not the greatest shot. Okay. I feel like that's one of those stats that it's like on a sunny day when birds are flying west. I'm just saying that's it's it's still a stat. Okay. Well, I'm throwing that stat out. They're also 26, 6, and 1 against teams in the current Big 12. Yeah. So again, another we pretty looking, solid. Yeah. We were looking over their schedule thinking, oh, they don't play like crazy games. And then we're like, oh yeah, they, they played them and they played them. They were, they were pretty good this year. So we, we definitely have a really tough opponent. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm, I go into every game like that. And I often get my heart broken into Me a million too. pieces. I mean, so it doesn't do us any good to not be optimistic. That, I think that's true, but it is going to be very challenging and rewarding if we can pull this off so I mean honestly we're 22 and three against teams where you just make, less oh, than go. half of their players <laughs> names start with a consonant so well if you want to knock my research why don't you bring your own next time <laughs> nope <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to Cyclone Nation because we sold out our public allotment tickets for the third straight year and I'm sure you all saw Jamie's tweet that we also sold the most bulk packages um, through our travel agent service or whatever you want to Anthony call it. Anthony Travel. Yeah. So good job, Cyclone Amazing. Nation. And I want to point out, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but Brooke said that she's part of the Gridiron Club and you guys have something going on too. Yeah. So it started last year down in San Antonio. Um, the Alumni Association and the Athletics Department do such an amazing job with their travel packages that we just wanted a way to um, really just complement that and give our members of the Gridiron Club um, something fun to do. And as a thank you event, we kind of bought out a restaurant for a couple of hours and everyone had a drink and we had apps and um, a member of the football staff came, Derek Kujer came and talked to us and it was such a fun and lively event. And so when I'd kind of been scouting out different locations in all the different cities that we were hearing about. And so when they and booking chose, every restaurant, booking every, I had connections. <laughs> I did. I actually had the catering manager's phone number in every city. So now I'm prepared for the future years. I right. love it. Do you have a spreadsheet? Oh, yes. I, I think you it's and my I kind speak of girl. the same language. I like a good spreadsheet, okay, you guys. Okay. You can be included in this too. Listen, all my Christmas presents are on a spreadsheet right That's now. Smart. That is smart. I'm feeling disappointed array of Christmas right now. Yeah. Anyway, okay. sorry. Bowling. <laughs> so um, it started in San Antonio, was a huge success. So then when we found out Orlando, I'm like, oh, I bet the team's going to be um, near Point Orlando. I think they're at Hilton. We have Hyatt Regency. Um, and it's all kind of in that one area. And so we, as a club, our event is going to be on Friday the 27th from 2.30 to 4 at Marlowe's Tavern in Point Orlando. You do have to be a member of the club, but it's not very exclusive. The club. We, we let anyone that's willing to pay in. So, so does Stephanie. Oh, wow. That's something Jared would say. Oh, my God. She can't even breathe. No, I'm like, oh, so then... From there, no, I'm just trying to breeze on through life. That didn't happen. No, it's not. Good. I don't know what 
know where that came from, but I feel like you guys just She's set me up. She's feeling salty about not getting a Krispy Kreme on the way, no, in, which I'm, wasn't my fault. I'm mad at Stephanie for bringing up the Iowa game. Sorry. So. Oh, well, in that case, I deserved it. Sorry, Brooke. You were saying. Uh, no, it, it's fun. So basically, we're treating our event and what the club does just in general. So brief, very brief history on this. So I've been on the board for about five years and I'm, I work alongside some awesome people that are the biggest cycling supporters you've ever met in your life. And they will do anything to enhance the football program. And um, we have pledged a two and a half million dollar commitment over the next 10 years to the new sports performance center. And so that is something we are very proud of that we work hard. We just gave him a check this year on the field um, during the Texas game for $350,000 for just this year. That's great. So we're working hard to make sure that our student athletes are top tier, top elite. They have that feel good vibe and a great place to hang. And it's Matt Campbell's vision to have this, you know, really beautiful um, facility for all the players and um, athletes, students and, um, so yeah, so we're working hard towards that, and that is over the next, we're two years into that, so we're um, on a really good pace there, and then um, we also do some fun things, like the chrome domes, that was compliments of the Cyclone I Gridiron love Club, that. Um, we help uh, with some like recruiting technology tools, and just, you know, a lot of kind of behind the scene things that people don't think about, anything unbudgeted that comes up, like the players' iPads, when they travel, not... Not to watch games, but to look over um, their playbook and all that fun stuff. So we do a lot with that. All the sport coats that they wear when they get off the bus for the They always look walk. so great, by the way. Yeah, they yeah. look fly. So that is, um, again, compliments of the club. And So there's more to the club than yes, just that one yes. <laughs> party in Orlando. Yeah, we don't just party. <laughs> we actually... Um, we, we work hard and, and we like to give our members and the players a lot to um, look forward to. We do, um, going back to my brother-in-law, Kevin, the chef, he has actually won the coaches cook-off several years. So we team local restaurants and um, chefs with the coaches. And it's a night at Jack Dry Stadium. So like kids running on the field, that's really cool. you're interacting. Yeah. So um, that's an annual thing and probably one of our family's favorite cyclone events we ever do um can we just drop a plug where is your brother-in-law a chef at um, are we allowed to say yeah so he is a, a corporate chef at um well I, I don't think I'm going to say it but it's a it's a really large company in Ames who is mo it's a software company okay and they have a really gorgeous campus. And <laughs> I think we could probably Google and, it. <laughs> Lisa is and, really good but, at Googling. But here's way. also the thing. I think their cafeteria, not their cafeteria, but they, they have a fancy name for it. I'm sure it was like modeled after like Google and everything. Oh, so, yeah. And he also, when we all lived in Las Vegas, um, worked at Emerald's restaurant. So <sighs> Cool. Yeah. So we, we, we are really fortunate to have him. My sister married well. <laughs> my other, and my other sister married well, too. I shouldn't look that. <laughs> Even though they are... But he's not a chef. No, he's a CPA. <laughs> Which we need him. We need yeah, CPAs. Yeah. They're just not as fun. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so then we're going to go back around to Orlando here. And then um, 
right after our event, you can at Point Orlando go into the Big 12 pep rally. Oh, that's right. Right there. And then um, go have drinks and dinner. Kind of there's tons of restaurants in the area and then pop over to Cyclones Unplugged which they just kind of announced the details of that. And that looks like a blast. So we, we lucked out on, on bull location and we didn't, I shouldn't say lucked out. Our fans worked hard. Our, our, we earned it. Our fans yeah. work hard. Our team works hard. And Ooh, the K-State people are a little salty <laughs> about that. It's because we're a hot commodity. I'm sorry. Like, our fans are a hot commodity. Right. I mean, I think there's a reason that happened. They've seen the history. They've seen what we do. Did you see they tweeted out that photo of the um, just pallets of bush light? <laughs> what a... <laughs> Jared said, now double it. I know. I was going to say that didn't look like anything that was going to What a reputation we have. I know. But I think we have a lot of fun, and people appreciate it. And we and bring... We bring a lot of money into those cities' economies, so it's we, we there's a reason. Money, we bring, I feel like, joyous, happy fans, and we're yeah. grateful to be at these places. Iowa and nice. We are Iowa nice, and we travel well, and it is... Um, Let's call it Iowa State nice. Iowa State nice. Okay. You're just really pissed about this Iowa thing, aren't you? You know what? <laughs> you know what? All right. Iowa State nice. There you okay, go. thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hopefully when we come back in a couple of weeks, we can go through a winning uh, tradition of kicking Notre Dame's Notre behind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. For the oh, first time ever. It would feel so good. Yeah. Well, Let's Brooke, start the tradition. Thank you so much, Brooke, for being on the pod with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It was really great me. to have you. This you're, is so fun. I feel like you're an official friend of the pod Ooh, now. I mean, I you it. were, but. There's I literally did. only one other person that has that recognition. Yeah. So welcome to that very prestigious Jared's club. Jared's the BFF of the pod. <laughs> It was great to have you, Brooke. Thanks, it guys. was. And look her up look her up on Twitter because she tweets really cool stuff. And, and we'll have that recipe at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, go Cyclones. Go State.